Archie shows up and is just like, Hiram, you're like Dracula. And these are all the reasons why that I just learned from Wikipedia. Hiram's like, wow, you have such an imagination. And I'm like, no, Bram Stoker has an imagination. <laughs> he, he just read that. No, Bram Stoker has an imagination. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I received a chunk of the Blossom money, the first thing I'd buy would be like a house, just like a full-on house. How much How much money is the Blossom money? <laughs> yeah, it's, this got to be like a ton of money. I guess. But if it's, like, split up between, like, a billion other people who also have Blossom Blood, I don't know. But also, like, where would you buy the house? Like, are you theoretically living in Riverdale? Oh, I don't know. I didn't put that much thought into it. Uh, it's like the lottery game. Like, where would you buy the, the house if you won the lottery? Probably in Van, and then we could live there. Okay, sweet. Okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass MILFs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I received a chunk of the Blossom money, the first thing that I would do to be able to march my butt down to either Holt Renfrew or Saks, depending on what country I'm in, even a full Chanel store, I want a Chanel handbag. You fancy. I, I, I dream of it. Like... That's that's my I made it purchase, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 215 of Riverdale, there will be blood. <laughs> Did you like that? There will be blood. There will be blood. It was a 2007 American drama film about a guy who had a quest for wealth during the oil boom. So, okay. Isn't that like everyone during the oil boom? Oh, we have an announcement. Oh, we do? Yes. We get to watch the Riverdale finale together. Yes, we do. I'm going to be in Vancouver during that time. We picked such a great time. And not even on purpose. Not even on purpose. Like, I already had my flights booked. And then they were like, here's when the finale is. And we're going to be together. And for the record, the finale is May 16th. May 16th. I'm so excited. Which is still so far away. So far away. This season is so long. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's still seven episodes after this one. That's insane. So many. <laughs> oh, another thing. Last episode, we talked about our favorite drag queens and that we would be able to tell you who won All Stars 3 this week. Guess who won All Stars 3? No one expected this, especially us. Yep, that's true. But um, our girl, Trixie, Trixie won. Trixie Martell. Tracy Martell. Tracy Martell. Trixie Mattel is an all-star. She won all-stars. Shangela was a little bit robbed by the other queens. Yeah. So, you know, it's a point of contention right now. But we couldn't be more thrilled. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy. I would have been happy with either of them, but like I really wanted Trixie to win really bad. Yeah, because she's in our top five. Yeah. She's my number one and she's your number three. Yeah, which I'm sure she cares deeply about. Yeah, I'm sure she's just like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, had to do it for those two uh, weird Albertan girls. Random Canadians. Yeah. She's like, cool, $100,000, but at least I'm in the hearts of Brittany and Robin. (laughs) Nice, I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, let's talk about Riverdale. Yes. Okay. 
So I cut it into two. The first one is Lodge Andrews Jones, and the second one is Blossom Cooper, because I figured that was the one we cared more about. Um, yeah, you said Lodge Andrews Jones, and my brain went... Why? Because I'm just not interested in it. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Except for the big FP Jones. The only only Jones that matters. You are so right. I was like, can you confirm? Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so um, Jughead's talking about how he is running out of time, and he misspelled Hermione on his freaking board. How do you... Dude, like, genuinely, that makes me upset, because I know that Jughead's the type to have read Harry Potter. Of course Like, you he should is. know... Do you know how many times Hermione's name is written in Harry Potter? I feel you like, should know how to spell Hermione. I'm so offended. I feel like so many kids know how to spell that name because of those books. Like, I know it was just, like, some props guy or, like, the set deck people or whatever, but, like... And it was probably an inside joke. I'm upset. <laughs> like, that genuinely upsets me. But I think it's funnier if it is, like, a like a set deck, like, inside joke that I'm like, oh, okay, have your fun. I guess, but, like, that just, like, implies Jughead doesn't... Like, we know he's a researcher. How could he not? I'm sure he has... Yes, but I think Facebook. we've established by now that Jughead's entire sphere of interest is related to jug it so that's true um so fp comes home and he's like jughead i need you to take four chill pills because you know he saved the trailer park so like what's the problem here is that the prescribed amount (laughs) yeah for him yeah okay maybe more yeah and jughead's like he's buying up the whole town rabble rabble and it's like you know what he's not wrong He's not wrong. And so there's a little, like, dinner party that's going on at the lodges. And they're talking about how Thornhill was the only place that had a pool. And that there was a joyride with the school van. And Hermione and Mary did it. And she was like, no, 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 that's Alice. Thoughts? Um, I have so many thoughts. Oh, yes, please tell me. Firstly, just, like, starting with Alice knows how to steal cars. Do you think it was Alice or do you think she was just being like, no? What? Wasn't oh, me? no. I fully believe that is something Alice Cooper did. <laughs> I fully believe that. Okay, except I have a theory. She didn't do it alone. Oh, she did it with FP for sure. Yeah, and they just didn't want to bring it up, you know? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah. but, like, I like this, like, running thread of, like, Cooper women being able to do these things. Yeah. Because Betty, too, can, like, a boost a car. Right. So, love it. I want more. I really want more Rebel Alice. Like, I want this in my life. Like, I genuinely feel like people need to write, like, the amount of Marauders fan fiction that there is out there, we need, like, the same amount of Parentdale fiction, I think. Please explain to me where Parentdale came from. Um, Tumblr. Parentdale. All right. Headcanon accepted. It's much better than anything else this fandom has come up with. Well, we also call it Team Adults, so, like, whatever. Either one. Team adults is my preferred thing because I invented it. But yeah. Yeah. No big deal. You'll know either way. Parentdale is actually really cute, though. Yeah. I really want, like, Serpent Alice full time. I just want her to embrace her serpent self. But this also does confirm our headcanon that more than, like, one person knew about, like, Rebel Alice. Right. And it, right. the town just decided, I guess, to, like, keep it a secret for some reason. <laughs> Hiram and Hermione take Fred into the study, and they're like, winkity-wink, Veronica. And it's like, oh, what's going on in here? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what you're thinking. You don't want to know. No, I didn't think I did. 
Anyway. I'm so just saying. Veronica's talking about how there's a deputy mayor that's that has gone up in Sierra's place, although we know nothing about them, and how they're like about to step down. So, hey, Fred should run for the election. Who is this deputy mayor? Who is this adult that we do not know about? I don't know, but I want to. I yeah. love adults. I know. Adults can make their own decisions without us being like, ooh. And then sometimes when they make the bad decisions, then we get to mock them. We get to say, hey, you should know better. Yeah. Um, so Archie's talking to Fred and being like, dad, do you actually want to be the mayor? And he's like, I have literally always wanted to be the mayor. And I'm like, and what like, a fun fact. Wow, really? Because like the fact that you were missing for the first half of the season, like really showed us that you've had some character development here. Yeah. Thank you so much. And he's like, you know, they want me to be in office because it's like good to have a friend in office. Like it makes sense in, in my mind, like, you know what they want to do. And yeah, he's made a donation and. And okay. I'm not running for them. I'm running for Riverdale and I'm running for us. Riverdale exists in America. Correct. Yes. Yep. So Fred should know better. Yeah. That, that's not how, like, honestly, that's not how politics anywhere work. Right. If you're uh, getting corporate sponsorship, you're in someone's pocket immediately. Mm-hmm. Fred, you beautiful, naive fool. Poor man. So they're saying it's like a 50-50 shot that Fred will be into it and he'll run. And hey, Veronica, you want to manipulate Archie? And she's like, no, I've told you this multiple times. And also it's just, it's not even much of a challenge. And then Hiram's out here interrupting Hermione, being like, oh, I will speak over you now. I'm getting real tired of Hiram. How about you? Yeah, I think that Mark is doing a great job, but it like is amazing to me. Oh, he's doing a great job. It's amazing to me that, like, Hiram just showed up this season. Yeah. It feels like he's been here for such a long time. Which is a mark of how, of how good he's, like, how well he's doing as an actor. Yeah. Like, he feels very lived in in the universe. It, it, if anything, like, his presence is so organic that it makes Hermione's feel like it's less organic. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was just like, ah, I don't know about him, but he's really come into it and, I'm, and it, it's really good. But, like, having said that... I'm so tired of Hiram. Yeah. Like, there's always some... He was so weird. There's always some scheme going. There's always something going on. And it's like, okay, that's good. That's fine. I just... Honestly, I just wish that it was Hermione pulling the strings. I think that would be much more interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like And now, I, like, and now she's just going to be, like, a face. Because yeah. she's going to be the mayor. Yeah. Like, she's just a figurehead for him. And, like... The fact that she, you know, we'll talk about that later, but the fact that she knows that mm -hmm. deeply disturbs me. Right. Like, as a feminist. Yeah. But they're saying the plans will sound better if Fred says it, because he's so, like, well-liked and everyone, like, thinks he's smart. Archie snitches and tells Jughead about Pops. Finally. And Jughead is talking about Dracula. I love how Jughead's like, oh my god, he's like Dracula. And Archie's like, oh yeah, he's totally like Jack Dracula. And then he had to, like, go home and Google it. And then he gave he Hiram some fun facts afterward. Okay, but he did, though. He's like, yeah, he's totally like Dracula. Uh, he actually, like, had his phone out, like, down by his hip, and he's like, Dracula. Right, Dracula. right. Having said that, did you Google Dracula? No. I know I know the story of Dracula. Okay, just checking. Well, yeah, okay. I never know with you. You didn't know what Methodists were. I'm not going to pretend to know much about religion. Jughead's saying that he's buying the land at a, like, crazy discount, and this is actually good to know because before it was just, like, things on the south side, everyone was like, meh, but 
popped as like a huge deal. And I'm like, was it a huge deal earlier in the season when everyone was just like, um, someone was shot there, so never mind. Yeah, they were all willing to let Pops die. Exactly. And so he's like, the heart of Riverdale. I'm like, is it? Because when we go in there, it's not very busy ever. And honestly, like, this is a great example of like how gentrification works. Like Mm -hmm. rich people won't care until stuff affects them. But because they've set Pops up as the only really iconic place that I guess rich people go to. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't quite work in terms of like the commentary that they're trying to do because the rich people weren't willing, like people like Alice, for example, was like, oh, it's a shame Pops is closing, but like, I'm not going to fight for it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So So it kind of rings a little hollow. Yeah, like, if this article that Jughead wrote even comes out, will anyone care? If they didn't care about Pops before. And the thing is, like, yeah, if they didn't care about Pops before, one. And two, what what can anyone do about it? Exactly. Right, like, are people going to start protests? Protest of one? Protest of Jughead, Sweet Pea, and Fangs. Because technically, it. it was a legal land sale. Pop made his own decisions. Exactly. Yeah, everything he's done, like, maybe did, was under a little bit of bribing to Sierra, but, it, like, he bought it all. Yeah, it he was above the board. The, the purchases, yeah. his methods may not have been legal, but the purchases themselves are perfectly legal. Right. Which is exactly what he told Ronnie. My thing is, why the hell would Ronnie be on board with any of this? Right. Do you know what I mean? And also, I'm like, we're not there yet, but like this whole... No, let's just talk about it because it's stupid. Idea about making it a prison? Yeah. Huh? It's, it's stupid. And he's like, it'll benefit everybody. And I'm like, how? I almost like want to hear, just like Archie did. Like, I want to hear, like, because I think this is ridiculous. And also, like, the cult of for-profit prisons, especially in the United States... Is Would like, you explain that to me, what the difference between a for-profit and a non-profit prison is? Well, for-profit like you know? prisons, they're not government-run prisons, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what they do is, like, the prisoners, like, they kind of do the equivalent of, like, cheap, almost borderline slave labor where you can earn part of, like, your sentence working, producing things, like, for companies. So the, okay. the prisoners work for no money- and the companies make a profit. So the prisoners work for no money. Is this good for the prisoners? Like, do the prisoners... Or is this just, like, all for corporate corporate stuff? It's, it's not... It's... the what, what does a prisoner get out of it? Yeah, that's my question. There's this whole... It's, it's a huge problem in America. And I mean, obviously, like, they're prisoners. They don't get anything. But still... Hang on, let me just let me just like do a little quick thing to make sure that I have all my details. Yeah, like, no, that's totally fair. To like quickly summarize what a for-profit prison is. Yes. Is first of all, like the United States has like the highest incarceration rate in like the modern world. Sure. And a lot of that <laughs> Sounds is because, about right. Yeah. A lot of that is due to like, you know, bull drug charges, a lot of racism, things like that. Mm-hmm. So these people are you need somewhere to put them. So companies offer to build prisons that the government will then fill and then they fill with prisoners that will then do cheap labor for really big companies contracted out, like gigantic companies like Boeing. Okay. Doing cheap as hell labor that 
the companies pocket all of the profits for and the prisoners do not. So what does the prison get? The prison gets money. They get these contracts. Oh, I see. So like, yeah, the company gets most of the profits, but then it's like they also pay the prison. The, no, the, the companies come to the prison and say, we need something made cheap. Right. So they, they, they pay the prison to build these things that they need. The gotcha. prison pockets most of it. Doesn't, it, it doesn't use it in the prisons. Yeah. And then the, the prisoners get like, like a dollar an hour. Gotcha. Right. And then, so the companies, which you can't really buy anything at the commissary. Yeah. And since the, since like the company in the first place going over there didn't have to pay a whole lot for the labor in the first place, they've saved a whole bunch of money instead of giving it to people who should be paid minimum wage. Right. So they, it's, it's cheap labor in exchange for goods and services. Okay. So Alice says you should go talk to Pop. So Jughead's like, good idea. Um, Veronica shows up and she's like, so your dad needs 1,200 signatures. Or no, she calls. Your dad needs 1,200 signatures to even run. So like, let's go door to door and get it. And Archie's like, I would rather not. I would also rather not. And she's like, ah, and he like hangs up on her. And then Hiram and Hermione are literally watching her have this conversation. And she's like, sorry, it didn't work. And I'm like, this is weird. It, It is weird, right? It's weird and gross-ish. Why did you think it was weird? Well, like, the, you know, it's a private conversation between her and her boyfriend. And her parents are just, like, watching, first of all. And second of all, like, she literally just said, I'm not going to manipulate Archie. And, like, this is physical proof that she's manipulating Archie because her parents clearly told her to do this. Yeah. That's why I thought it was weird. The thing that, like, really upset me is, like, Veronica is so deep into this whole situation now that she'll kind of do anything that they ask of her. And even if she says no first, she'll end up caving because like it's her parents. Right. So she really like is making a series of decisions that make me really kind of like start to go, okay, Ronnie, like I'm starting to dislike this, the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't want to dislike Veronica. I think Veronica is like on a weird path. Every episode, the character that I relate to the most changes. Who is this episode? I think, I almost said Betty, but like Betty's a little bit too Nancy Drew this episode. Like I'm not about to go find some bloody floss. So I'm going to say that uh, Tony is the one that I relate to the most this episode. I can see that. Yeah. What about you? Oh, Betty. I would 100% Nancy Drew that stuff. (laughs) Okay. So Fred is showing Archie his plans for when he like wanted to be an urban planner. He would have been so good at that. He would have been. Like, look at his little sketches. He does a good job. And he had he had big dreams for Riverdale. Yeah. That's the Riverdale that exists in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. And so Veronica shows up again and she's like, hey, here's some designs for like posters and buttons and stuff that I made. And he's like, oh, I like this one. And she's like, me too. Like, you probably would have said that about any design. Yeah, I'm like... I don't know. There needs to be more purple for me, I guess. What? That's like saying that Canadian elections need more blue. No, I mean, like, purple's my favorite color. I think the posters should have purple on them. It's red, white, and blue America, though. Oh. Dumb. But, oh. Bless your heart. Does Riverdale have official colors? It's in America! I'm doing some serious thinking over here. Okay, anyway. Oh, my God. So... Veronica's just really pushing it, and Archie's like, 
my dad is not a dog on a leash. So can you stop steering us like you do, like your parents do? Thanks. And she's like, okay. But is it okay? We don't know. My whole thing is like, Archie finally called her out on something. Yeah. That she's been doing, but I don't know how Archie's, but is the, sorry, is this their big fight where they talk about like loyalty? No, no. This is when she came over and he's just like, can you not? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that we're right. Yeah. So Jughead goes to talk to Pop. And I loved this moment. I love Pop. Like, I just want, I like, I love having scenes with Pop, genuinely. Like, I think he's doing a really great job. He is. And he's just like a wholesome guy who's doing his best. He's a nice businessman who can't make poutine. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) And so he's like, listen, my family has literally owned this diner for over 80 years. And so I promised my mom I would never sell it. And so can you just, like, not, like, tell anybody at least until I until my mom passes away like i just don't want to disappoint her and you're like jughead you can't now and he doesn't which is good because i would have been like jughead we're not friends that's like a surprising jughead move because i really thought he'd do it anyway you think so well given the amount of stuff that he's published lately that he shouldn't have up to and including tony's grandpa's story yeah i guess that's true but like i think the difference is that when he was doing Tony's grandfather's story, it was like, yeah, I'm telling the truth. Yeah, I'm doing a good thing. But like, Pop is literally saying, it would be really garbagey of you if you did this. So can you please not? It's true. But maybe he learned something too from the Tony thing. Yeah, right. True. True, true. Yeah, I think he would have been almost like, that's like almost an irredeemable type of thing. Like, I would have been really upset if he had done it anyway. Yeah, me too. So Veronica's saying, listen, I will do stuff for our family at school, but Archie's not a part of it. Please. I like, I don't want to bring him into this and I don't want to lose him. And Hermione's saying like, us women, we have to be behind the scenes and like flirt with people. What the? So, but I think it's good that you should protect your relationship. And I'm like, what is this conversation? I, I I literally feel free to like beat me out, but what the fuck? I just like, who is this? I don't know this woman. Who is this? And also, since when would Ronnie not clock that sexism on the spot? Yes, her, uh, Veronica's so good at that stuff. Yeah, Veronica usually has something to say about any type of sexism that she encounters. Yeah. How does Veronica just sit there and go, okay, this is the role that women play? Yeah. How is Ron- like how is Veronica being like, well, frack that, I'm going to run this. Yeah. That's what I would have expected from her. That's more of a Veronica thing to do. Yeah. 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 I w- th- this conversation is so deeply upsetting because it basically exposes what Riverdale believes. Do you know what you I mean? mean? The show? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, they may have Veronica try and be like woke from time to time, but that wokeness is always to excuse and let them get away with whatever crappy thing they're doing. But here they didn't even feel the need to do that. Right. Which means they thought, okay, they could have this conversation with no commentary. I don't like it. No. And I don't like Take that- Take it back. I don't like that Hermione's like, yeah, well, this is just how it is. This is what we women do. Right. What year is it? <laughs> I don't know. Someone check a calendar. Like, this is, this is not how women do. And like- we, we've brought up multiple times that like, you know, 
all of these places in Riverdale like the hospital and like the bus station the Jughead goes to and all these places are v- like seem very old fashioned and like maybe the <laughs> we like before we were like maybe the town is stuck in time but everyone else mo- or like whatever but it's the places and the objects that seem to be old fashioned not the views yeah and it, it, they haven't really showed us that the other women in this show think like that especially not Alice Who's like the epitome of, no, I'll do it myself. But she's also the epitome of the classic, like, American housewife trope. Oh, yeah. She's like, I like gossip. I will stare at you over the hedge. Like, they're all like that. Betty's the girl next door. Like. True. The only, like, Cheryl's the bombshell. They all, they all fill very niche roles. Jughead's weird. He's a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. But, like, they, they all fill the roles that the comics gave them, except I think the writers forgot to update the values in this case. Like, we have Molly Ringwald on this show occasionally. Um, can we just take a look at the cast of The Breakfast Club real quick, please? Why? Because I bet we could name, we could figure out which person is which every single time. Jughead's uh, uh, Ali Sheedy? Yep. Yeah. Jughead's the angry uh, goth one. Yep. Veronica is Molly Ringwald, I think. Obviously. I think Kevin is the nerd, Archie's the jock, and Cheryl's the badass. Uh. Or do you think it, or do you think Cheryl's Molly Ringwald and the princess? Thoughts? No, Ronnie's definitely the princess. Yeah. I'm oh, just, wait, where's Betty? Yeah, I was just trying to, I was trying to think of like. Wh- I think Betty's the nerd. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Right. Okay. <laughs> Me forgets about Betty. <laughs> Oops. Is the badass Cheryl still, do you think? Um. Yeah, given her terrible home life. Yeah. It's FP. True. This works better Uh, for the parents. Yes! Anyway, this is The Breakfast Club. So Jughead's talking about how he cannot use the info on Pops because his morals are on point today. Archie goes to talk to Josie to try and get Sierra to say just bad things about being the mayor. And so she talks about potholes and trash and how he can't run the construction business too and how she gets threats and how all his friends are going to stab him in the back and how the salary is garbagey. And yet Fred is still just like, hi, I'm going to run for mayor. Also, who says he can't still run his construction business? Donald Trump still runs his business. Looks into the camera like she's on the office. (laughs) Pop goes to see Hiram. And so Hiram learns that Jughead knows. I don't fault Pop for this. Nope. Because what's he supposed to do? You know, he bought his diner. He saved his diner. He, he He's his boss. And it's also pretty distressing that someone found out something that you were trying to keep very, very secret. Yes, true. Okay. So anyway, Pop is still a good dude. So yeah, Jughead knows and we know that Archie's the one who snitched, but then Veronica says that it was her and how she was just trying to distract Jughead. And Hiram is really upset until Hermione stands up. Thank you. This is the Hermione I know. And says, hey, it's chill. This is a good idea. Thanks, bud. Good job. Well, but that was just also like an example of like, here's how the women handle the men. Oh. Yeah. But it's also like, women stick together. I don't know. There's uh, so many levels. I think there's only one. Just like the garbagey one? Yeah, just the garbagey one. I'm just trying to be optimistic. I know, I'm sorry. So, uh, um, Jughead's talking about how Hiram is always 10 steps ahead of them, and we learn that, well, we already knew this, but Jughead learns that FP worked for Hiram at the drive, like, for the drive-in. He gets a call to go to the bus terminal. Who did you think was going to be at the bus terminal? I didn't really care. (laughs) Oh my god, okay. Who did you think it was going to be? 
Girl, I had no idea. I just figured you'd have a theory because you always do. Well, I mean, I guess I just didn't even like bother making a theory because I was like, ah, we're going to figure it out before the episode's over. Fair freaking enough. Yeah, so Archie's working out in the garage. Veronica comes in and is really, really mad. This is the fight that I think you were talking about. And he's saying, I'm just trying to protect my dad. And she says, this isn't the Manchurian candidate. And I just want to shout her out for like those pop culture references because the Manchurian candidate is an old ass movie. No, they just remade it. With they Mar- did? Yeah, with Meryl Streep. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's a 1962 film and a 2004 film. Oh, so yeah, with when I say they just remade it, I mean I'm f***ing old. <laughs> 14 years ago. No, that was not 14 years ago that they remade the Manchurian. It says 2004, bud. No. It's 2018, bud. Oh my god. I Like, I am suddenly so aware that I'm aging and I'm uncomfortable. Do you want to know how old I was in 2004? No, I don't. F*** off. Okay, I won't tell you. <laughs> how old were you in 2000? You were 10 in 2004, were you? I was 9. I, turned, I was 10 in 2005. Actually, I was four, 14, 15? Yeah. Yeah. Robin, I'm old. I'm sorry, bud. Robin, tell me that I'm not old. You're not, you're not that old, bud. Thank you. Genuinely, like, there are people who are older than you, but at least death will come for you first. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm just trying to figure out what the film is about. It's a, it was, in the 1962 film, it was a black and white neo-noir Cold War suspense thriller. And what was the plot? Robin's like, I don't know any of those words. I know some of them. Concerns the brainwashing of Raymond Shaw, the son of a prominent political family who becomes an unwitting assassin in an international communist conspiracy. See? See how it works? Yeah, it does work. But also now I'm thinking, like, did Veronica see the 2004 one? Because if she's supposed to be 17, then she was, like, three years old when that movie came out. Okay, well, I'm sure she didn't see it then, but, I mean, it's Meryl Streep, so... Okay. Yeah, she probably was just like, binge in the Meryl Streep. Like, I truly feel like Ronnie has hosted Meryl Streep parties. Oh, probably. That seems like something she would do. Um, also, I would go to that party. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm gonna host a Meryl Streep party. That sounds fun. Who are you gonna invite? Uh, well, not you now with that little (laughs) attitude. (laughs) With what friends? That reminds me of- You're not invited to Streep Fest. (laughs) that reminds me of that interview that Trixie just did where that guy was like mean to her and then he was like I'm gonna tell 10 of my friends that you were mean and Trixie was like when you get 10 friends let me know oh my baby my queen (laughs) so Archie's saying like like after your confirmation you wanted to tell me all this stuff and I stopped you well guess what now I want to know now it is more convenient for me in terms of plot to know (laughs) yeah and Fred comes in and is just like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? Nothing that Sierra said deterred me. <laughs> Yeehaw. That's how you know a true someone who should be a politician and probably won't be. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for a fun fact? Oh, here we About you. me and how I'm a, an idiot. I'm always ready to hear how yeah. you're an idiot. So we go to the bus stop and we see that it's Smithers. And Jughead says, are you deep throat? First of all, main thoughts. Um, X-Files reference. Exactly. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm sitting here being like, Deep Throat. I have heard people say this before, and I know specifically because when they said it, I went, ugh, why would, why, why would you call it that? And so I literally went through every single episode of Riverdale on the transcripts and, and like, control F'd 
deep throat so that I could find because I was like, I know they've talked about it before. I know that they've said that before. Why didn't you and just I went Google it. it? I went through it twice and they didn't. And I was like, what? And so I Googled it and I realized that they had said it on an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, not Riverdale. Oh my god. Talking about Watergate, because it's a Watergate reference. Yeah. <sighs> Robin. I spent a lot of time doing that, bud. That's really sad. I spent so much time. Especially since I could have told you in like five seconds. Yeah. But I was literally like, I know that they've talked about this before. But it was a different show. Deep Throat was like a really interesting character on the X-Files. Tell me, I wanna know. He was like he was like one of the people that was actually in the know about like the fact that the government had had contact with extraterrestrial beings. And uh-huh. so in order he was like Mulder's like secret like contact. So he was deep throat. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. Mul- what Mulder would do is when he was off the clock, he would be in his apartment, he would tape an X to his window. And that meant that he wanted to talk to Deep Throat. Okay. And so Deep Throat would get the hint and they would go and meet up and Deep Throat would give Mulder some like cryptic clue that would help lead Mulder along the conspiracy to uncover the government's knowledge of extraterrestrials and eventually find his sister. Uh Uh-huh. And um, then, of course, like Deep Throat, because he gets like two in the know and he helps Mulder too much, he gets murdered. Right. And so like... Deep Throat to me is like one of the most iconic characters because they modeled him after someone who was very real and he played a really similar role. Yeah. Except I don't think real Deep Throat was murdered. But anyway, yeah. I think that's cool. I wish I could watch X-Files, but it's too spoopy for me. The X-Files would scare the ever-loving crap out of you. Yeah. So, pass. So, Smithers is talking to Jughead and he's like, oh, did you know Hiram Lodge personally? And like, Jughead knows Andre, so he could just be like, I used to be Andre. And he would be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But instead, he's like, these are all the things I did for him. And so he's talking about the prison and how he's been getting mail from the warden. And he's like, that's weird. He didn't even serve time there. That is weird. And then he's like, okay, last question. Is Veronica okay? And they cut away, and I'm like, I I hope he told him. I mean, how would Jughead know if Veronica's okay? He's been too busy messing with her. True, he's only in his own head. He doesn't pay attention to anybody else. Kate, okay, here's the hypocritical thing, though. And Robin, we are uh-huh. we are both friggin' guilty of this. Okay. In the grand scheme of things, Jughead is in the right in all of this. And Ronnie is in the wrong. Right. But because of the way Jughead is conducting himself versus Ronnie's low-key being gaslighted by her parents, uh-huh. we have far less tolerance for Jughead than we do for Veronica. That's so true. Like, we, we are hard on Juggy and we rag on Juggy, but, like, at the end of the day, he's actually doing something really important. But we're allowed to rag on Archie because he's being a moron. Yeah, Archie's just a walking meat stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I think I think it really goes to, like, in order for your characters to, to root for your characters, they have to have good interpersonal relationships with the people around them. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ronnie is connected to everyone around her. But you know what? Even in this case, though... Betty and Veronica have had, like, nothing together. Recently, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Ronnie is an inherently likable person, whereas ever since Jughead's I'm weird, I'm a weirdo speech. (laughs) (laughs) I truly think that speech, like, changed Jughead as a character. It's iconic. It's iconic in its badness. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the truth. Yeah, but I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, why are we so hard on someone who is technically the hero of the story? That's true. That's so weird. Right? Because he's so annoying. (laughs) 
Yeah, because he goes about things in a very white male way. Yeah. Jughead is talking to FP about Hiram and Shankshaw and wondering if he has a contact on the inside. He's like, yeah, his name is War Baby, which is my new band name. Uh, What instrument do you play? I'm the singer. Okay. Is there room for someone who kind of remembers how to play the clarinet in your band? Absolutely. That's exactly the type of band we are as War Baby. Fantastic. Well, I can make it metal. Yeah. yeah. No, no. We're the clarinet type of band. Yeah. We just have that name. I'll, I'll hook an amp up to it. I don't care. All right. All right. So, yeah, they get their intel from War Baby, and <laughs> Archie shows up and is just like, Hiram, you're like Dracula, and these are all the reasons why that I just learned from Wikipedia. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If you had to choose between War Baby and Papa Poutine, which one would you pick? Um, In what type of, like, context? It, I'm saying, like, if you had to choose a nickname for yourself. Oh, I see. Because I was like, um, Papa Poutine in every way. That's MC Ganey. I love him. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Definitely War Baby. No, we're talking in terms of, like, name cred. Not characters, but, like, name cred. Yeah, I would definitely rather be War Baby. Really? Yeah. Interesting choice. That intimidates people more than Papa Poutine does. I would probably make fun of you for having the name War Baby. I would make fun of you for having the name Papa Poutine. Yeah, but I know I had a ridiculous name, so it would be self-referential parody. I. She thinks far ahead. So Hiram's like, wow, you have such an imagination. And I'm like, no, Bram Stoker has an imagination. <laughs> he he just read that. No, Bram Stoker has an imagination. <laughs> right? You're right. You're right. I mean, I don't think that was Archie taking credit for Dracula, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so he's like, here's my journal, and it has all of my notes that I wrote down because I thought I was working with an FBI agent, but I'm not. He's like, oh, is that a threat? And he's like, maybe. He's like, listen, it'll be crime-free. It'll be awesome because every person that commits a crime will just throw them in the prison. And also, like, don't all teenage boys keep diaries? Well, maybe when they're working with FBI agents. But also maybe maybe they should. Yeah, I support them. I actually like that outlet for teenage boys. Yeah. Hello, if there are any teenage boys listening to this podcast, which there probably aren't, you should keep diaries. It'll help you express your feelings. If there are some teenage boys listening, sup? How you doing? I hope things are well with you. Yeah. I hope you're doing well and that things are working out. You can do it. Please don't take any of your life lessons from this television show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take it from the two queer idiots talking to you. Yes. No, not um, us either. No, we're messes too. No, that's the truth. Yeah. So they're like, hey, just so you know, the Joneses were at the prison. So we're pretty sure they know heck and everything. So we better tell tell all the, the Andrewses. Okay, so you forgot Fred's name. N- no, because it's Archie too. So the Andrewses. The Andrewses. They're like, hey, here's the article I wrote. Let's get it published in the blue and gold. And Weatherby's like, we can't publish this. And I'm like, when has that stopped you before? And also, since when do they report to Weatherby with what they produce? Exactly. Betty always is just like, boom, here it is. Like, she she wrote an entire expose on Chuck. <laughs> like, I think this is ridiculous that Weatherby's like, no, you can't write an expose on one of your students' parents, but you can write an expose on one of these students. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, like here, call-out culture extends to your fellow students, but not to adults. So I'm like, literally, when did that stop you? But Kay, and also, here's a great plan. Put it on Facebook and ask people to share it. Oh my god, does social media just not exist in Riverdale? Do you know how many problems would be solved by Jughead just putting something on Twitter? Oh my god. 
Have they? When's the last time they talked about social media? Like jo- Cheryl. Well, Cher- Cheryl's on Twitter at Sh- Cheryl Bombshell. Yeah, Kevin's on a lot of things. Kevin's on Instagram because they the show has like a produced an in show Kevin Instagram and it's actually really yeah. great. Oh, I have to go check it out still. It's really cute. It's called, it's the Kevin's Wonder and yeah. they have him post as himself and the captions are a riot. Oh my god, I love it. They're so purely Kevin. Whoever does it okay. has a good handle on Kevin's voice. I love it. So they go to tell Fred and also the blood blue the blood. Mm. He's like, we're gonna turn it into a for-profit prison. And Fred's like, wow, that sounds terrible. What are and he's like, what are we even building in Sodale? Like, I don't even know. And he's like, it's still housing, but the housing is for the people who will work at the prison. And Fred's like, what? Yep. He's like, hard pass. And he's like, find somebody else. Right, Archie, let's go. And Archie's like, no, Dad, I'm going to stay. And Fred's, like, a little flustered by this because he's like, wow, so no one's on my side. Cool. What like, you- Archie's all like, I'm protecting my dad. My dad's the best human in the world. Everyone protect my dad. Oh, bye, Dad. Okay, but, like, I think we all know he's doing it to get as much information as possible so he can expose Hiram. Do you think Archie's that smart? Yes. Okay, I, think- I-, I hope that's what he's doing. I, I think- really do. I think Archie was burned so badly by Ronnie using and abusing them for like information that he's he's enacting his own revenge. Ooh. I mean, I hope so cuz I'm like Archie, you're stupid. <laughs> because like Ronnie daring to compare loyalty to her family and loyalty to Fred, like if anyone said you need to be more loyal to me than to your own mother, I would fully throw them in the ocean. Yeah, I'd be like, "Um, excuse you?" I would tell them to get wrecked, especially if it was just over business. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But... Real friends don't ask you to choose between your mom. Exactly. But if they continued to act in a way that was contradictory and I had some method to expose them... Hmm. Hmm. Just saying. So Hermione's running now, because of course she is. And they have this moment where Alice looks back and you think she's looking at Jughead, but also FP is also in focus. So, um, winkity-wink. She was definitely looking at FP. Yeah, I support that. And so, yeah, Fred gets his buttons and you're like, Fred's still going for it and I hope he wins. I'm really excited about that. Me too. Thank you for bringing Fred back in. Thank you. Fred has a plot line. So there's like deputy mayors, right? Yeah, that's what Veronica said. Okay, neat. I want that to be Alice's new job. Oh, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Vice mayor. (laughs) Or I want Alice to start her own newspaper. (gasps) I want Alice (gasps) to start her own newspaper. Ooh, that sounds good. I want Alice to start her own competing newspaper. Yes. Yes to that. Oh my god. Now if I don't get this plotline, I'm going to be upset about it. (laughs) So Hiram's talking to Archie about how he regrets, like, the way it went down. Like, he wanted to do it, like, slower and everything. And Archie's like, yeah, totally. I agree with you. Yeah. And then they do this, like, weird blood pact thing and they burn the journal. I mean, I'm hoping he made copies. Yeah. That, like, this is the main reason why I thought that Archie was serious about this, because it's just like, oh my god, like, you're willing to heckin' do a freaking blood pact? What? Nah, I don't buy it. Okay, well, I'm I, I'm glad. I hope you're right. I think he's gonna do whatever he can to help his dad. I'm glad. I like that. I mean, I hope so, you know? Yeah. I hope that he's that loyal, because I would be that loyal to my mom. Yeah. Kevin is being forced to catfish Chick. You know how it is. Your creepy brother is up to some something no good, so you call your friend in to pretend to want to have sex with him? Just normal teenager stuff. <sighs> so she's like, oh, he never answers our questions, so will you please do it? 
Poor Kevin is forced to do this. And he's asking him questions about whether he does drugs and all these things and how it's their third time uh, talking and how he never talks about himself. And I'm just uncomfortable. It's definitely weird. Mm -hmm. But it's also hilarious. (laughs) So... Uh, Cheryl comes downstairs and Mr. Lazenby or Lazenby is there. He's the attorney. And it turns out her dad had a secret will. And that's not the only thing he had that was a secret. Dun, dun, dun. And so he's like, yeah, uh, I had to wait to tell you about it until the police were done. And I also have to wait to tell you what you got until the public will reading. Because if it's not as dramatic as possible, then it's not a Blossom production. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So Hal wants a divorce. Okay, how dare Hal involve Betty in this by having her be there? That's so rude. Like either do it right in front of your daughter. Either Betty's there for moral support for Alice, or like I don't know why they made the choice to have Alice. Doesn't need a like a moral support. They're they're so clearly miserable in that marriage. Yeah. And so she's like, are you still seeing Penelope? Because I I assume Betty told her afterwards. And he's like, no. And he's like, how would you, how could you possibly side with Chick over me? Because I have been with you for like 20 years. And like fair. No. But also Betty's like, not fair. What? What? Not fair. That is her child. How could he treat her child in that manner? I mean, that's true, but also I I feel like, well, you know what? You're right. You're right. Because I'm sitting here thinking like, I assume that like Hal, like they should have had a, a conversation about it and everything if Hal was like super uncomfortable, but like he wasn't even giving him the time of day. No, he didn't even try and talk to him. So you're totally right. Hal's a butthead. No, he, he didn't try and talk to him. He didn't try and interact with him. He judged Chick based off of how Chick was conceived. We still don't know how. Um, or True. why he forced yeah. Alice to give Chick up in the first place. Yep. There's no, there's, there, I, there's definitely a blame on Alice, but most of it is on Hal for being an absolute garbage monster. Tumblr calls this ship Halvorse. Good. <laughs> and so um, Betty's like, you know what? True. I'm with you on this one, dad. I was wrong before. My bad. And she's like, you sold the register to Hiram. Which like, what the heck? Like if- he and Alice both own the register. You can't just do make that decision for them both. I guess he could. Garbage. Depends on whose name it was in. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, you know, how could she possibly have trusted her husband with that? Yeah. You know, she's like, sorry, sue me. How silly of her. Yeah. And so he's like, whatever, like, you can have half of it. I don't care as long as you set me free. I, whatever. The, the idea... That men are trapped in marriages by women makes me yeah. want to scream. If you if if you make your bride to be give up her child and then marry her and then feel like you're trapped in your marriage your entire life, that's on you. Like, let's retire the entire say, saying of the old ball and chain. Like, ew. Yeah. Like, and people are like having freaking wedding toppers that are like men trying to get away from women. I'm like, is that how you want to begin your marriage? Like, you know what? If you don't like your significant other, you shouldn't marry him. <laughs> That's like pretty much common sense. I like I hate there's like this weird culture around marriage where it's like you're tied down and you're stuck with someone for life and I'm like if you're not marrying your best friend or you don't want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're you're already entering into an unhealthy marriage. Yeah, agree. So, um Polly is home. Yay. Yay! 
<laughs> and so I think it's funny that Alice is just like, yeah, incest, inbred, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but like those two, it, like we're forgetting that Dagwood and Juniper are like incest babies. Yeah. Okay. They look okay though. So that's good. I mean, I guess. Are they all right? I hope so. I'm sure they're fine. Those babies are cute okay, as hell. And like, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know much about incest. So Whew, now there is a quote for the aficionados page. I'm not going to pretend to know much about incest. I'm not going to pretend to know much about incest. (laughs) So uh, Chick is holding Dagwood and he's just being really creepy about it. And so Alice like tries to hand her Juniper and is just like, oh, actually, I think I'll take this other one from this monster man. It's a smart move. Also that he really does look creepy holding those babies. So creepy. When, when she was like, before Chick was on the show and Lily was like posting Instagram stories of like her and Hart like hanging out. I was like, oh man, I'm so excited for Chick. Like they're going to be friends. Yay. Because her and Hart are friends. And when he showed up, I was like, oh. That just shows acting. how good an actor he is. Yeah. And this is like yeah. his, one of his first acting jobs, I think too. So And he can turn that menacing on. He turns like the waterworks on. He's really good. Mm-hmm. So Polly's like, where's dad? Like, is he going to come to the will reading? And so I guess, like, Hal's just been talking to Polly and not anybody else. Which is, I mean, I guess it's his daughter, I guess. I guess he's being like, whatever, you don't even know Chick. Like, you didn't have anything to do with bringing Chick back or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) He's like, Polly's my favorite daughter now. (laughs) I guess so. She lives in a commune. Cheryl and Tony are hanging out. I don't know, there are things happening there. And so Penelope barges in and they're like, oh, hi. And she's like, why are you even coming to this? She's like, she's my emotional support. Kate, Cheryl and Tony, like... They are so, like, stunningly beautiful. They're both gorgeous. They're they're so beautiful. Like, all of the, like, their beautiful hair and then, like, their faces. And they're just, like, they're such a gorgeous couple. Yeah. I'm so, like, happy. <laughs> we learned that Clifford's middle name was Cochran. Okay. Ah, uh, the old Cece. That's a fun fact for you. Was it fun? Yeah, I had a good time. All right. I think that's a funny middle name. We learned that Thistle House stays with... Roseanne Blossom. So I think this answers a question what? of where's Nana Rose? Why isn't she here? Why isn't she in the house? Why didn't she burn? She was at home. Because she lives at Thistle House. Yeah. Aha! But there's never anyone like at Thistle House. She should technically have her own money. Yes. Yeah. So like, where's her like servants and stuff? True. Cause like she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. She needs like help. I wonder if she has, like, a caretaker or something. You know, that motorcycle doesn't have to drive that fast. Yeah. Jughead's a jerk. Good. (laughs) Penelope tries to hold Nana Rose's hand and she pulls it away. And there's the root of all of Penelope's weird parenting skills. Ooh, yikes. Right there. No affection from her mother. No affection towards her daughter. And then he's like, Thornhill goes to Penelope. And she's like, oh, great. But... If Thornhill, was there no insurance on Thornhill? True. Like, they should be getting a huge insurance payout from Thornhill. Unless they covered it up and, like, they covered this already and I forgot. No, they definitely haven't covered it, but maybe they're just assuming, like, or, like, Cheryl's acting like Penelope's getting nothing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I just, Thornhill should have some sort of, like, they probably had insurance everywhere. Yeah. So, I'm confused whatever the rest of the stuff half of it goes to anybody who can prove their they have blossom heritage oh i'm i'm ginger suddenly i don't know yeah i don't know what and then alice and sierra run in and she's like i see why you wanted to divorce me 
<laughs> I will now announce in front of everybody here because you wanted to keep the money for yourself. And then she used the phrase inbred and it's great. I My favorite part. Listen, Alice is getting divorced. Yeah. Does she want to marry me? I mean, I'm kind of hoping that she marries FP, but if she wants to, like, I I think that you could like, maybe try. I, I will shoot my shot. I would die for Alice in that moment. <laughs> um, I think you should try. Okay, I will. Her. Okay. My favorite part is that she uses the phrase, shut your face. <laughs> Let Alice say fuck. You know Alice wants to say fuck. I love this because, like, before she was just like, what's your beef, Hal? And now she's like, shut your face. It's like, Alice forgot to leave the early 2000s. <laughs> Tony says, this is riveting, I can't breathe, which is a quote from Kevin from episode 110. And I recognized it immediately because I just made a gif of it. Oh, uh, it's, it's gay code. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what we all feel when we watch Drag Race. Oh, that's the truth. I know. So Alice has been escorted out, so great. And um, the other half of his money goes to Cheryl and Jason. And Jason's like, I mean, Cheryl's like, cool, so just me. Yeah, I guess she gets... And then she goes up and makes a speech? Uh... Why? Because she's just dramatic like that? Yeah. And she's like, blood must not have blood, she says. No more. Blood must not have blood. All right, Lexa. (laughs) And then we have... Okay, what were your thoughts... Dude, when Clifford Blossom walked in the room. Laughed my ass off. Like, no, but like, what were you thinking was happening narratively? Oh, secret twin. You thought secret twin? I was just like, how did Clifford Blossom fake his death? Girl, I was raised on soap operas. I knew what was going on immediately. (laughs) My mom trained me for this exact moment. To be like secret I was like secret twin. I even got on Twitter and I was like, of course he has a secret twin. I'm, I think this is ridiculous, but I am genuinely so happy for the actor who plays... Clifford that they're just like bringing him back and they're being like here you get another part yeah because he's a really good actor I like him yeah he does a good job and he looks so much more natural without that friggin wig on yeah (laughs) so Cheryl faints and then once they wake her up with some smelling salts uh we learn that it's his secret twin his name is Claudius secret twin secret twin and he was like I was supposed to inherit the whole thing but then on our 14th birthday he told me about the blossom curse how one twin always meets a violent end and usually at the hands of the other one. But it's weird because when you think of the twins that we know of that have met a violent end, none of them were because of the other one. Like, like Claudius and Clifford, Clifford met a a violent end, but to himself. But that he he did that to save Claudius that fate. I guess. And then Cheryl and Jason, Jason met a very violent end, but also from Clifford, like wasn't Cheryl. Next twins we know that have, that are blossoms though, are Dagwood and Juniper. So which one's going to meet a violent end? Probably none because they're not being raised in the blossom household. That's true. That's true. So he's like, yeah, I ran away. And Nana Rose is like, I was sad. But I never brought it up again. But I never brought it up because she's like, I couldn't even say your name. And I'm like cool excuse (laughs) like oh yeah writers do you think you're clever yeah i mean and so he's like i joined the marines so i could outrun the curse did it work yes yeah i mean i guess it did yeah i mean kind of (laughs) yeah so they're gonna do their blood tests and polly's like with all that money we could start our new our own farm cult and everyone's like uh pass polly's an idiot (laughs) i don't i don't get her i don't get polly I, like, I respect Polly as a woman, but Polly's a friggin' idiot. <laughs> and so Chick's like, yeah, um, I don't want to. 
And I'm like, I'm chick. And Alice is like, good thing I'm not a blossom. Pew, pew. I just like that Alice is like, I don't give a crap. <laughs> and like, neither is chick. Clearly. Yeah. And so chick's like, I don't even want their money. And Polly's like, uh, yeah, right. And he says, needles trigger me. He's, by the way, him saying that basically confirms that all of the trigger things that he's been doing lately are fake. Yeah. Like, which makes me wonder if he called the drug dealer over and had Alice do his dirty work for him. That sounds like something that he would do. Yeah. And also something that would absolutely work. Yeah. Yeah. And so Alice says, leave your brother alone. He's doing his best. He's trying. Meh. And it's like, he's he's really not doing his best at all. He's just being a snake. Yeah. And not even, not even like a serpent. No. Serpents are way better than him. Yeah. Although I am still very interested in, in Chick and his stories and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm very interested in like when he has like a psychopathic break. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. is coming. Yeah. And so back with Betty and Kevin, she's saying, I need you to be more aggressive with him. Like, what is he hiding? And so he's talking about like, oh, I just got tested. And I'm like... You're a teen. You shouldn't need to get tested. But okay. What? Kevin has to get tested. He has strange sex with men in woods. No, I'm saying that he shouldn't He shouldn't have to, though, because he's a teen. Yeah, but I am glad that the show brought that up at the very least. Right, because we're talking about, we're like, please talk about safe sex, please. And, like, this is the aftermath this of is safe like, sex. This I is, guess. like, the first time they've done anything mildly responsible. Yeah. But, like, he might be lying. <laughs> well, that's true. He might just be saying that. Yeah. And so Chick's like, yeah, I had a scare once. Or like, Chick's not Chick's not lying. He's talking about it. And so he's like, yeah, I was with a rougher crew. And, and Kevin keeps looking off. And I'm like, how are you just noticing this now? Like, Kevin is so obvious. But also, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's me just assuming that I'd be a better liar than Kevin. But I would literally be like, oh, no, I have the TV on. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Or like, so, my cat walked in. Like, some, yeah. some, something. <laughs> Literally something. And so he's like, are you talking to somebody? And Kevin's like, ah! And then he just closes the laptop and it's just like, I gotta go. He seems like a really nice person and it makes me feel really bad. And so I don't want to do it anymore. I I respect him. I don't think Kevin should be a pawn in Betty's thing. But like, I don't know what else Betty's gonna do. But I genuinely think that Chick would know what Kevin looks like. Because I'm pretty sure we've seen Betty have photos of her and Kevin in her room. Oh, yeah. And Chick has been in Betty's room. So I'm just saying. There's, I think there's a plot hole there that they're not going to fill. No. So Chick comes down and he's like, mom, I'm late for work. Uh, please, can you drive me? And she's like, no, I'm hanging out with these people. Can you like take the bus or, or walk or whatever? And Chick's like, ugh. Chick's like, and I'm like, if you're late for work, that's on you, bro. Chick's like, I have experienced a hardship for the first time in my stay here. I am upset. I am feel uncomfortable when we are not about me. Literally. Wow. And so she goes into Chick's bathroom, which is like very clearly used to be Polly's because she opens the thing and it has giant pee on yep. it. And um, she finds some bloody floss in the garbage can. And I'm like, somebody needs to floss more often. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and so like he clearly wants to get rid of Polly because he's really freaky. And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, don't use my bathroom, okay? And I'm like, literally last episode, you used her bathroom. Well, because he's encroaching on her territory. he She can't encroach on his. I hate it. I am fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the psychological game he's playing. I mean, me too, but also like, what a hypocrite. Oh yeah, he's a huge hypocrite. It's dinner at the Blossom household and Tony just asks like a nice question and Penelope's like, ignore that person. What Why? the heck? Why are you so mean? You know what I like though? Tony's like, I'm still coming over. 
Yeah, she's like, whatever. I'm doing it anyway. You're not gonna ruin my true love. But like, honestly, that's like hashtag gay solidarity. Like, would you know that someone has a homophobic parent? You mm. you put yourself in front of their line of fire. Like, I know, True. like, immediately. Yeah. So, Claudius is like, oh, it's okay. I like talking to people. I was I was in Greece, in Lesbos. <laughs> and they all thought that was really funny. I'm sorry. It's such an easy joke, but I also laughed at it because I'm five <laughs> years old. And so, Nana Rose is like, don't leave. Please stay. And Penelope's like, ugh, I guess there's a room above the garage. It's a sucky room, but you can have it, I guess. They have a, they have a garage? Yeah, it's a big house. Oh, right. A room above the garage, though. Like, imagine a room above a garage. True. There. Yeah, pass. Like, oh, you have, like, an entire suite? Oh, true. Yeah, like, they're rich. Polly's talking about how she thinks Chick is creepy, and Betty's like, same <laughs> mood. And she's like, I sent in his blood. And Polly's like, how? And she's like, meh. Okay, my favorite Betty moment of all time is that one. <laughs> Be like, don't worry about oh, it. How'd you get his blood? That's a you thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, just don't ask questions. Just saying he might not be our actual brother. And Polly's like, dope, that would be cool. And so they get home, and Alice is knitting. <laughs> I And she's like, her. where are the twins? And she's like, oh, Chick took them for a walk out by the river. Alice, come and on. And you're like, Chick has thrown the twins in the river. Alice, come on. Yeah, literally, like, are you kidding me? But, okay, now walk me through this. Alice is so blind right no, now. No, but walk me through this. What reason would Alice have to not trust him with the babies? I mean, that's the thing. That Alice knows. Because he doesn't show his creepy side to her. No. Like, specifically. Yeah. Like, to her, he's just, like, this soft baby who's, like, experienced trauma that she has now literally killed for. And I'm not excusing Hal's actions at all, but, like... I mean, he, when he was, like, specifically trying to get rid of Hal, maybe he showed Hal a different side of himself that he showed everybody else. Because even when Betty was, like, was, like defending chick and everything because we thought yeah chick's a chill dude why are you being such a garbagey person hal and now when he's trying to get rid of polly and trying to get rid of betty that's when we're seeing how creepy he's being yeah but i think for hal that's just like late stage justification yeah okay yeah you know what i mean yes like i don't think hal's smart enough Hang on, let's no. wait for these sirens to pass. How dare oh that's one thing you never cut out is me waiting for sirens to pass oh yeah i think that's funny really you yeah, think crime. You think... Okay, you're... Wee-woo, wee-woo. <laughs> I think that's funny. Crime. <laughs> crime. Watch a cop show about it. Um, okay. It's I called Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine. It's on Fox. I'm so glad we had the same thought. <laughs> oh my god, this is a lot of crime. It's a lot of crime. Must be, must be at least four crimes. At least four crimes. Yeah. Maybe even five. Whoa. I know. It's a lot of crimes. I know. Okay, let's We're go. So Chick comes back and they're fine because he still has to keep up his um, facade for Alice. And he's not going to kill a baby. Because it'd be all out the window if he showed up and they were like, oh, where's the twins? And he'd be like, who? Yeah, it's you're, you're not going to get yourself arrested for murdering a baby. Yeah. But so, yeah, Polly's like, I'm going to go. And she's like, oh, Chick said you would leave. And she's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go to San Francisco. And he's like, like is, Ch is Chick Alice's psychic now that's a nice place hey um send us our your new address okay and she's like i super won't and then he cuts polly out of the picture and betty's next right so he really does just want alice for himself yeah i mean like same which you can relate to yeah, <laughs> yeah. lastly in the storyline penelope and claudius are like conspiring against nana and cheryl for some reason okay are they gonna have an affair is it an affair i, I, I do you think they'll have one 
Well, she she seemed so opposed to him before. So, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with them. Yeah, but maybe that was them putting on an act. Because, like, what if they've been in contact the whole time? It did seem like she knew. Like, everyone else thought it was a secret, other than Nana Rose, obviously, because she knows she had twins. But she didn't seem surprised. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I have some suspicions here. But either way, Cheryl is listening. What do you, th- are they going to kill them or like what? I mean, it like, it sounds like it, but what else could it be? I mean, is killing out of the realm of this family? No, no not at all. And then uh, lastly, Chick's blood test came back and he's not who he says he is. So we don't know if he's like still Alice's son, but like not Hal's, which is like our theory. Um, or if he's just like someone else altogether. And in which case, sup sisters of quiet mercy, you messed up. I think he's someone else altogether. I think he assumed the identity of Alice's child and probably killed Alice's child. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oof. You know what I mean, though? I guess. That's that's like dark even for Riverdale. But but that's a really neat way to tie that plot up without having to keep a lo- uh, character around long term. It still doesn't excuse Hal's behavior, though. So, no. Hal's hmm. still an asshole. To, like, yeah. No matter what. But... If if Alice's son and, you know, the, the FP could still play into this uh, theory just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if their child either, you know, was kidnapped or thrown in jail or killed and Chick assumed his identity, they don't have to have a new character in full time who plays the sibling or right around that person. And they can get rid of chick at the end of the season in a satisfying way. Right. Hmm. We shall see. All right. Segment time. Yeah. Now it's time for segments. My first segment is called a sexual jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes. Always. Yes. I don't care. Don't. It's the answer. Yeah. And my, I need a new segment. You should, you should do which character is the most relatable this episode or like what, um, what personality does Cheryl have? Or I think it's going to be something Alice related. Okay. I think it's going to be something like, was Alice Cooper a badass MILF in this episode? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be it. The answer is always is yes, always yes. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it complements asexual Jughead. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, my new segment is, was Alice Cooper a badass MILF in this episode? And that answer is yes, always yes. Mm-hmm. And my other segment is called, Did the Snake Parents Acknowledge Their Obvious History? Um, maybe. We don't know yet. If if Chick is who we hope he is. Next episode. Next episode. And now it's time for our Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Cheryl for... Mother. Strange man I've never met. <laughs> because I'm Cheryl. Same. And uh, my honorable mention goes to Tony for... Oh, this is riveting. I can't breathe. Because it's a throwback. Oh, yeah. You should, like, put both of them together. Okay. This is riveting. I can't breathe. This is riveting. I can't breathe. And mine goes to Alice for... I will be taking half of whatever blood money you get from this inbred cesspool of a family. Yeah, that's right. I said inbred. Because what an icon. Incredible. And now it's time for our trailer reaction. Oh, my God. All right. Trailer reactions in three, two, one. Play. Oh my god, here we go. Mr. Cohen, what brings you to Riverdale? I'm here to the Hermione Lodge. I don't know. Wait, is that Mary's here about though? I catch bad men. I'm out there facing what you and Daddy have done. I'm oh terrified boy. of being alone here. Same. This is our fight. 
I will knock you down. You're Ooh, scaring oh man. me, Betty. You're scaring me. I love cheerleader Tony. That's dude. That's what I'm literally, thinking. our reactions were only us going, "Ooh, oh, ooh, oh!" <laughs> Time to go frame by frame. So, first of all, this random guy. This it, I know who this is. Hang on, like character wise or actor wise? Actor wise. Yeah, he looks familiar, and I is feel like from, I can't really hear it very is well. Is it so Andy Cohen? Oh my god! No, it can't be. Oh, he's here to endorse her. He seems like they've got a history or something. It's Andy Cohen. It's Andy Cohen. Jeez. I cannot believe that. Okay. I knew it. Duckhead and Archie are in Pops. Mary's pissed, but we don't know why. They're having food. I mean, Mary might be Looks good. pissed at like him running. Right. Well, it seemed like she was looking at across the table Archie. when she was like angry. So it feels like an Archie thing. Oh, maybe because Archie's like supporting the lodges yeah which is garbagey yeah betty's got a lighter in chick's face betty is a constant mood did you know this is the burn book on on veronica lodge she knew they were turning south side high into a prison liar veronica knew the south side high was closing she's best friends with a sexual assaulter nick st Clair. no she isn't okay it's fair to accuse her of everything but that one all of those were facts until backstabber go down in flames evil princess Veronica Lodge is a shareholder in her parents' business and will be profiting personally from it. Fake. Okay, but this um, is the kind of, like, activism that, like, teenagers are up, like, doing right now. Yeah. But. Stuck up. Don't do the Nick St. Clair thing. Yeah. Her dad bought Pop's Diner at the Register and Sunnyside Trailer Park. All of these are facts except for Nick St. Clair. So did Jughead make this? Well, I see. It looks like it's Reggie who's holding it in the next, uh thing and Josie's singing before it yeah so it's just like my thing with this is like none of these things are wrong Veronica made all these decisions and she knew all of this was happening yeah someone creepy's in Cheryl's house oh is Tony sleeping over I think Tony's did sleeping her mom over. actually let Tony sleep over yep screaming Tony is a cheerleader Juggy. Archie has bolt cutters I mean, why not? I know Sweet Pea is coming back. There he is, Sweet Pea in the background. Because Jordan Connor tweeted that he was going to be back. FP's mad. Could you be any more obsessed with Sweet Pea? I think I probably could. Okay. Actually. All right. Um. So. Well, first of Robin, all, be more obsessed with Sweet Pea challenge. N- no, I can't. I. I need. I. I. I have problems already. I mean, we knew that. Betty walking away from Chick. Chick up in her face. Penelope and Cheryl in the car. Veronica punching Reggie in the face. Veronica's uh, making some choices. Josie and Kevin being surprised by something. What a dope garbage can in the background. I like it. Um, are you okay. seeing in the recommended videos on the right hand side BFF tag with Vanessa Morgan? Yeah. Oh my God. Cheryl and Tony did a BFF tag video. Cute. Oh my God. This is a real ship. <laughs> this is a ship. This is my ship now. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We just reacted to the trailer and we're getting ready for season five. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We're finally done season one. It's very exciting. So go join us over there. It's fun. You can follow the Aficionados on every social media platform you could possibly think of. Except for LinkedIn. Except LinkedIn. Damn, you're right. (laughs) And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. 
If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It's expensive. It really is. We appreciate it. I love the way you say it. It's expensive. It is expensive. But it is. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us for the next episode, which is 216 Primary Colors. Which was a 1998 political film starring John Travolta and Emma Thompson about Bill Clinton. That's a friggin' stacked cast. Yeah. I love Emma Thompson. It sure makes sense because politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, love you, bye. bye! We did it right at the same time. That was so cute of us.